Hey, so good to be here. Give us a wave. So good to see Tom. We've, we've only seen one another over the internet and now face to face. So just excuse us for a moment. We're real. We're real people. And um, hey, it's so good to be here. Joel, I just want to say thank you for the invitation. Our friendship is beginning to blossom in one sense, isn't it? And uh, we share the same heart, and that is to, to see young leaders raised and resourced so that you can be the people of influence that God has called you to be. And uh, it's a heart connection in that sense. And so that's my heart tonight, is just to bring a little bit of something, hopefully, that you can take away, put into practice in your own situation, own circumstance. Um, he is right. I do come from the fantastic place, the center of the universe, Newton Aycliffe. It's in County Durham. It's the northeast of England. I have been a part of the church there, um, XL Church, for 27 years. I know I don't look old enough. But, um, and for the last 10 years, I've been the executive pastor, which is a very posh title. Basically means everything to do with the life of church goes across my desk. And so I come with leadership experience. I come with consistency of having been in one place. Um, more importantly than that uh, is my family, and um, I think we've got a picture of them uh, coming up on the screen. Uh, it would be wrong, it would be a, a remiss of me not to do this. So I've been married for 25 years to the beautiful Karina right here, and uh, that's why I ended up in the northeast of England, because I moved for love. And um, that's us, I take that concert, don't hold that against me, um, but that was some time last year. And this is my family over here, I have three beautiful daughters. And so Lucy, over the, the far right, as you're looking at the screen, that's her husband there, Adam. They've been married for one year, um, just over a year. Uh, she is 23. They're both part of Excel Church. She's into youth and kids, and he's into tech and production and all stuff like that. And it's so good to have a son-in-law who can fix things, because I'm absolutely useless at that kind of stuff. So all I need now is a plumber and a carpenter, and I'll be away. Um, on the left, that's Maisie, my, my middle daughter. She is at Hope City Church with Pastor Dave Gilpin in Sheffield. She's on staff there. She did the uh, year's college and they kept her because she's that good. And uh, the one in the middle is my youngest. She's um, Grace. She's 18 and she is doing an internship at a church in Harpenden, which is in the south of England near London. That's a good reference for you. And um, with my friends, uh, Pastors Andrew and Louise Cherry. And so... Hey, they're, 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 they are my biggest supporters, my biggest cheerleaders, and uh, they're sending me messages before I got up saying, hey, we're praying for your dad. Go for it. Be amazing. Just be you. And so, um, which is never a great phrase, because if you are horrible, then don't be you, because it's not good, is it? Um, I want to talk a little bit about growth tonight. I was 19 years old when I got my first leadership opportunity. I don't know... Any of you really, I probably know about three people in the room, um, and I'm meeting people all the time, being told lots of names, and I'm never going to remember them all. But um, I was 19, I got given the opportunity when I was at a church in Sheffield, when I was at university, a couple in the church asked me to lead the youth group. And um, I don't know what you'd be like, maybe, you're, maybe you are 19 in the room, if someone came to you and said, we think you should lead the youth group, maybe you'd pull a face like I did and go, What? Why are you picking me? I, I'd only been in the church six months. The people have been here a lot longer than me. Why are you asking me to do this? 
And the answer they gave was, we see something in you. And it was definitely something that I didn't see in myself because it was leadership. And at the age of 19, back in 1989, that's like way before, probably some of your parents weren't even alive back then, but um, you weren't a twinkle, that's for sure, in their eye. Um, I, what did I know about leadership? What did I know about what to do? And so I, I'm, I'm so encouraged that now 30 years later, going to be 50 in a couple of months. 30 years later, I am still in leadership. I am still um, trying to influence people, still trying to make a difference. And uh, one of the things I did, which Joel has alluded to, is I wrote a book. I was having coffee with a friend, and after about, it was about 2014, I think. So 25 years of leadership, and the conversation went something like this. If only I knew then what I know now. And um, he went, you should write a book. So I did. And it's basically a whole bunch of leadership would need to learn that would help me to stay on the leadership journey. Because this is my heart, and I know it's Joel's heart, and I'm sure if you're in here as a leader of young leaders, it's probably your heart as well, is that we don't want you just to lead right now, whether you're 16, 19, 22, 25, or whatever. We want you to still be leading in 30 years' time, making a difference, being a person of influence, whatever place you might end up in, whatever career you end up in, that you can represent God the best that you can for all of your lifetime. And that is my heart tonight, to be able to talk about growth and kind of just give you, uh, if you don't remember anything else, five words. You will need to grow. That, that, that is it. If you don't remember anything else about what I say tonight, um, you will need to grow. The Bible is full of, well, it tells us a lot of things we should um, grow in. I, I don't have time um, to kind of get into that. If, if I was doing an hour, I might get you to look in your Bible and, and find some stuff of what you know of in the Bible. What does it tell you in some places of how you should grow. Let me throw out some, some different verses. 2 Corinthians 3.18 actually, which is the verse for tonight, tells us that we're supposed to grow so we become more like Jesus. That's probably enough. You will need to grow to become more like Jesus. 2 Corinthians 13 verse 5, and 5 to 7 tells us we should grow in faith. We should grow in how we behave and that we should behave honorably. 1 Timothy 4 verse 12 tells us we should grow in the words that we speak, our conduct, our love, our spirit, our faith, and our purity. 2 Peter 3 verse 18 tells us that we should grow in grace and the knowledge of Jesus. And just in case we haven't got it, the Apostle Paul in Ephesians 4 verse 15, I think it is, tells us to grow up in all things. I love the Bible. Sometimes we go, I wonder what that means. I wonder if there's some kind of, what's the Greek behind that? I wonder what, if I, if I dig a little bit deeper, what will it mean? It means grow up. I think it's as simple as that. Sometimes we overcomplicate it. We overthink it. So you will need to grow. And I just want to share two thoughts with you tonight. We'll just kind of unpack these two thoughts to inspire you, to challenge you, to provoke you, to make you think. I don't know if you are a leader. I don't know if you want to be a leader. Maybe that's something that you just hope will never happen. If you don't get to lead anyone else, you still got to lead yourself. You go everywhere with you. 
And so if no one else is going to benefit from tonight, maybe you need to benefit from tonight. You'll need to grow. Why do you need to grow? Well, it's a really simple thought, this. Because growth will change you. It's not rocket science. There's a quote that is attributed to Albert Einstein that he never said. And it goes something like this. The definition of insanity is to do the same thing over and over again and expect a different result. At the back end of last year, my wife told me I'd change shape. Now, that's, that's never a good sign, is it? For those of you who are married in here, if your wife says, you've changed shape, Julian. I'm like, what do you mean? It's all in the breathing. Come on. There's nothing, there's nothing here. But if I want to get into the right shape, if that's to lose some weight or get a little bit fitter or whatever she may have meant by that, <laughs> she's not in the room, so don't tell her. If I don't put any effort in, nothing's going to change. I might want the change, but if I don't do anything about it, then nothing's going to change. Let me put it like this. I want to change without changing. I want to grow without growing. It doesn't take a genius to understand that that's not going to work because we were created to grow. We have um, different locations in Exile Church um, in the UK and we also have one in Bangalore in the south of India. And my friend Imi, uh, Pastor Emmanuel George Fernando and his wife Carol have had a baby today. And um, it was a struggle. It's t she's been in labor for probably two and a half days. Um, <laughs> all the women in the room who've had babies are like, whoa, that's tough, tough work there. But one thing Carol is happy about is that that baby, though it was tough to deliver, did not come out fully grown. That, that, that's, that would be a moment. That's a gritted teeth kind of moment right there. Um, my mum is happy. When I was born, I didn't come out six foot two. But I came out kind of this size, and, and so did you. And naturally speaking, you have grown to become the beautiful specimen that you are right now. All right? Just give yourself a little pat on the back and say, well done for getting this far. You were created to grow. Naturally speaking, you were created to grow. If you don't grow and things aren't going right, then what happens is your parents take you to the doctors and, and they'll do whatever needs to be done to help you kind of get back on track, you know. Um, and that can be easier or more complicated, but the natural process is for things to grow. And it's exactly the same for us as individuals. So it is in the natural, so it is in the spiritual. And we grow by default or we grow by design. I am not a gardener. If Karina was here tonight, she would be nodding her head because out the back of our house, 
we have um, some decking uh, and some furniture, and then we had a whole load of kind of decorative stones, gravel, uh, and a, a small area of plants in the corner, mostly hardy kind of trees and bushes and all that kind of stuff that don't need a lot of care and attention, that will just look after themselves. And um, last summer, Karina made the declaration that she wanted to see the garden change. So I have lovingly taken away all the stones, and right now, all it is in the back is just earth. It's just kind of mud. We had snow this week, and uh, that brings the country to a standstill in the UK. All right, I just want to say that. Um, if it had been Monday, if this had been Monday, I wouldn't be here, because that would, I wouldn't have been able to get out of bed. That's how bad it is when it snows in the UK. Um, we just don't do snow very well. But what I know about gardening isn't very much, but I know this. To see a lovely, lush lawn of green grass, which is what she wants out the back, I have got to be purposeful about what I'm going to grow. I can't just put any old stuff in there. I've, got, I've dug it over. I've got to level it off. I've got to put some sharp sand in there and dig that in and level it off again. And then I'm going to put the seed on. I have to tend to that seed. I have to make sure the soil's right. I have to make sure it's watered and fed. I have to, ke- I have to check for weeds and see if stuff's coming through. I have to look after it. I have to be purposeful in helping it to grow upwards and downwards. The bit that I see and the bit that's not seen, whether that's for grass or whether that's for a flower or any kind of plant, that's how things grow. Hey, you don't need me to tell you that. You probably learned that in school. The challenge is this. It doesn't take long for the wrong things to grow. (laughs) And so it's the same for you in your life, in your leadership, in the difference that you want to make, in the influence that you want to have. Purposeful growth happens on purpose. You want change for the better? You want things to be different? Then you're going to have to do some different things. It's the difference between having great intentions and actually putting some actions into place. Now, I can't make you grow. Joel can't make you grow. Your leaders can't make you grow. But what we are doing is providing an environment where what's in you can be watered, what's in you can be tended to, what's in you can be encouraged to grow. And if you grab a hold of some stuff, if you think this is any good, and what Thomas, Pastor Thomas will talk about after the break, then grab a hold of some of that and put it into practice and let it go deep into you so that you don't just become like, hey, look at me, but actually you grow some roots. You grow up and you grow down. Brian Houston says this, the moment you stop moving forward in Christ is the moment you stop growing and other things begin to flourish instead of his purpose. Richard Branson, who owns Virgin, says, people are like plants. If you water them and tend to them, more listening than talking, they will grow and flourish. My heart, Joel's heart, Lift Leaders, the 19 Project, our heart is that you would flourish and that you would grow. Yet something is stopping us. Something is stopping us from growing. I've got a little prop here. Oh, it's coming undone. That's not not helpful. I'm sure you haven't done this, and I'm certainly not encouraging you to do this. Um, How do you trap a monkey? 
All right, how do you trap a monkey? I'll tell you how you trap a monkey. You get a coconut, you cut the top off the coconut, you put a little banana or a treat in the coconut, having scooped all the insides out or whatever is inside a coconut, kind of like empty it out. And then you attach that coconut um, to the tree with a chain or a piece of rope or something like that. And then you leave it there and the monkey comes along and what the monkey sees is he sees the treat inside the coconut, puts his hand inside the coconut. This is a muffin that's gonna get, I'm gonna get chocolate all over my hands. And then what happens is this. The monkey can't get its hand out of the coconut. And it just gets more and more, that is gonna come off. Do you wanna take that off before it falls off, if you can? The monkey just gets more frustrated in holding on to what's inside the coconut, just like I'm holding on to the little chocolate muffin in here, and I can't get my hand out if I've got my hand around the treat. Some of us want to move forward. Some of us want to progress. Some of us want to grow because we know that growth will change us, but we're holding on to some stuff that's not allowing us to move forward and make progress. Let me ask you some questions. Got them somewhere here. What are you holding on to that's holding you back? What's weighing you down because you refuse to let it go? What's slowing you down because you won't put it down? What are you holding on to that you feel compelled to keep hidden? What are you holding on to that is making a monkey out of you? You see, we may think monkeys are intelligent, but they're not intelligent enough to learn to do one thing and what is that one thing they should do? Let go of the banana. Let go of the treat. Now, we have some intelligence, and what I'm encouraging you to do, if you understand that grow, you will need to grow, and growth will change you, then what I'm encouraging you to do tonight is to let go. Maybe in here tonight, for you, there is something that is holding you back, and it's not the devil, it's not other people, it's not other things, it's not something. It's what you're holding on to. And so I'm encouraging you to let it go. Be it comfort, be it pain, be it the past. It could be even good things, let alone unforgiveness or offense. Hebrews 12 verse 1 says this, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the, li to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up, and let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. You will need to grow. First thought that I've unpacked there, growth will change you. Second thought is this, in the time I've got left. Growth creates a future Readiness. Why do we need to let go of the things? Why do we need to move forward? Why do we need to make progress? Because God's got a future for you that he's getting you ready for. That's why you need to change. That's why things need to be different. You might have a dream. You might have a thought about what it is you want to do for God. You might have some desires. You might have some kind of things in your heart. You go, hey, I wish I could do what you're doing because I think I could do a better job. I wish I could be a worship leader. I think I could lead something. That might be in here. It might be in your heart. And it might be something that God's deposited in there. But if you don't change, you might not get there. Uh, one of the jobs I've had along the way was to be a learning mentor in a local high school and um, 
students aged 15, 16 in the um, UK doing their GCSEs. And the reason they'd come to see me was because they're supposed to be hitting top grades, but they were not performing to the level that they should be. They, they, were, they were drifting. They, they were probably three or four grades out, but they had it in them to be the best students in the school. And so they'd have to come and see Mr. Clark. They'd have to have an appointment, and we would go through the whys and wherefores of all of what was going on. Why are, they not, why are, you, why are you not engaged in class? Why are you not concentrating? Why are you not doing the work? And... I got lots of funny remarks and comments from the kids, but I'll tell you one of the things I heard more often than not when I, they used to love it because you're talking to kind of year 10, 11 students, like I say, 15, 16, and one of the first things I'd ask them is, what do they want to be when they grow up? And that's such a kind of like a question that you ask a seven or eight year old. I don't know that they particularly enjoyed that question, but I wanted to know what was in their heart. I wanted to know what they thought they could be. Because often what they'd say is this, and I remember one particular student who wanted to be an architect, and he said to me, Mr. Clark, when I become an architect, then I will work really, really hard. Then I'll be engaged in it. Then I will concentrate. Then I will give it my very best effort. And I'm like, no, you got it wrong. You need to change now. You need to get yourself ready for the future. If you don't get yourself ready for the future and apply yourself now to the change and the growth that is needed... It's not that you can't be an architect, but it might just take a little bit longer than you expect. Growth is creating a future readiness. It's, crea it's, it's taking you on a journey, and it's getting you ready for a future that you might know, but I want to tell you probably you don't know. I don't know what your future is going to look like. And even though we can have our plans and we can have our ideas and we can put some goals on the wall and have a vision and we can write it down, in reality, we don't know what the future holds. But God does. And, and I just love that. That is my comfort. That is my safety net. That is my, the hope that I have that despite my own best efforts of getting in the way, God wants to get me to where he wants me to be even more than I want to get there. And it's the same for all of us in this room. The journey you are on is getting you ready for something. In the Bible, uh, there are different places where we can see this played out. In Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 5, God speaks to the prophet and says, Before you were born, I formed you. I appointed you to be something. In Psalm 139, verse 17, it says that um, the psalmist says, You saw my days fashioned before me. You saw the substance of them. You knew what was going to come, God, even though I didn't, before I was even born. In Ephesians 2, verse 10, we're told that we're God's workmanship. We're, his piece of, we're a piece of art made for good works that he's prepared for us. We might not know what the future is going to look like, but God does. He knows what he's getting us ready for and everything that we're going through, all the different experiences, all the ups and the downs. And I know some of you in this room are very young, so maybe you haven't gone through many ups and you haven't gone through many downs, but I'm pretty sure you've probably gone through some stuff. None of that is wasted. None of that is lost in the kingdom of God. God can use all of those different things, all of those different experiences, all of the different circumstances that you're going through, 
He is shaping you. He is molding you. He is making you into the person that he needs you to be. He is getting you ready for a future. He's getting you ready for your future. Here's my reassurance. Jesus had to grow. He grew up, he was born just like you and I, and he had to grow up, he had to work for his parents, he had to live at home, he had to go through that process. In Luke 2.52, we read about it, how he, the Bible says, he grew in wisdom and stature and favor with God and favor with man. And I just think, to come to a close, that this is a perfect arena, perfect scripture for us to grab a hold of. I've prayed this verse over my daughter's probably all of their life, that they would grow in wisdom. What is wisdom? Wisdom is knowing what to do with what you know. And you guys know a lot because you have it here. There is more information held in one of these or accessible in one of those than most people would have had access to in a lifetime. You don't even need to go back that far you know, 50, 60, 70 years, the information that you have. But that's the key. You have a lot of information. You have a lot of knowledge. You you have a lot of answers. But do you have the wisdom to know what to do with that knowledge? Maybe that's an arena that you need to grow in that will help you get ready for the future God has for you. Jesus grew in stature, which can mean growing up, you know. Like I say, I came out this size and now I'm six foot two. And so there is a natural growth and I have a stature. I have a stance. I have a healthy body, um, a reasonably healthy body, you know, and I'm trying my best to keep it healthy uh, and all of that. But I think stature also talks about credibility, speaks of reputation, speaks of image, And all of those things and how we see ourselves, but also how God sees us. And again, I don't know you and maybe you you have a downer on yourself. Maybe you say, I'm not up to much. I'm not much of a person. I don't think God would want to use me. I really don't think he would have anything in my future. Hey, I just want to remind you that you are precious in his sight. He is for you. He is not against you. He loves you. He gave his only son for you set you free and so he he wants you to grow and have the right image an image of you being in Christ and all that that contains hey that's a that's another session all on its own but he grew in favor as well he grew in favor with God and he grew in favor with man and you know one touch from God is all it takes that's all I'm going to say on that Because often the one touch from God is enough to bring the favor of man into your life, the favor of other people in your life. I am here not because I've barged a door down, because I've made it happen. This is a a God-ordained, God-worked-out connection and opportunity. My favorite verse in the Bible is Proverbs 16, verse 9. It says this, man makes his plans. In other words, we can have our great ideas. We can think about the future and what we want to do. But God ordains the steps. I pray that over everything that I do. God, you know what? There's no shortage of ideas in my head of what I could do. But I don't want to do what I want to do. I want to do what you want me to do. I want to be open and available to you, Lord God. What are the opportunities that you want me to take? What is the next step for me 
to take in my life. You will need to grow. Growth will change you, but you've got to let go of some stuff perhaps to experience that growth because that growth is creating a future readiness for you. It's doing a work in you and it's getting ready, getting you ready for something that you don't know what it is. So let me finish by saying this. Be committed to growth. Always, in every situation, in every circumstance, look at how you can grow from it. Allow it to bring change into your life. Let it challenge you to have to let go of some things, shiny new things, opportunities that you think you should take and get ready for that future that God is creating for you. One last quote, John Maxwell says this, growth's highest reward is not what we get from it, but what we become by it. I love that. And we are not on our own in this. We have the Holy Spirit Inside of us, we have the same power that raised Christ from the dead living in us. We have Jesus interceding for us at the right hand of the Father. We are not on our own in this. And so change might terrify us. Some of us don't like change. Because especially when you put it into God's hands, because it's like out of my control change now. I'm giving it over to God to bring the change. But we have the Holy Spirit with us. And so let me just encourage you, move forward. Trust God. He is there. He is in your future and he is beckoning you forward. He is wanting you to make some progress. He is wanting you to take those steps. Let's pray. Just as we come to a close. We can go and have a muffin or whatever the treats are that are out there. Father God, I thank you for this room full of young people, young leaders, would-be leaders, nervous leaders, those of us in the room who are leaders of young leaders, Lord God, I thank you that you have changed us. You have grown us. You are making us into the people that you need us to be. Lord God, help us to stay available for you. Help us to stay open to all that you want to do in our lives to help us to grow, to help us to change so that we can be the people of influence. We can be the difference makers. We can be the shapers of the world for the future and we can represent you the very best we can. In Jesus' name, amen.